Hello, Mountain. It's good to see everybody. Glad you're with us. Uh, I know there's some new people and guests that are kind of just you know, finding your way into the Mountain community, and we're really glad you're with us. Thanks for coming at all of our campuses. Super glad you're here. Hey, when I was a kid, I had a buddy whose mom collected these little porcelain dolls, like these little porcelain dolls. They would sit behind glass. It looks like I got a picture of one. That's kind of what they look like, right? And we weren't allowed to play around the glass case where the porcelain dolls were. And these dolls, they just sat there with their kind of half smile behind glass. You never got them out, never played with them. They never did anything. They just sat there behind glass just for looks. And I, I'm sure there's a market for that kind of thing on eBay or something like that. And I don't want to insult anybody, but honestly, that's like the worst kind of doll I can ever imagine. <laughs> it's just the worst. I, you, know what I, you know what kind of dolls I like? Let me show you. This is the kind of dolls I like. That, now that there, what, what are those? Action figures. That's right. You want to name them? Let's name them left to right. Ready, go. Stormtrooper, right. Hulk, yeah, Hulk Hogan. Superman. G.I. Joe. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. That's right. Action figures. Kids love them. You know why? You can do stuff. They do stuff. That's why you love an action figure. They fly, they fight, they shoot, they run, they, they do stuff. Here, this is, this is Thor. Thor has a cape and he can fly and I don't know where he lost his hammer, but he can do stuff. And Thor, he, he's doing stuff, I guess. I don't know what that is. And this is Iron Man. Iron Man, he does stuff too. He's really strong and they do stuff. Action figures. So you got, you got, did he just say something again? And put him down. I'm done hearing from you right now. You got a porcelain doll, okay, that um, doesn't do anything, just sits there behind glass. And you got an action figure that does stuff. So if, if someone made a doll for you, like a you doll, which kind of doll would you be? Yeah. Which kind of doll? Like um, when your love gets put into action, which kind of doll would you be? Would you be one of those porcelain dolls kind of behind glass? The little tepid half smile on your face all day? Or would you be an action figure? And which one do you suppose God wants you to be? And I tell you, when it comes to love, a lot of people get screwed up on this love thing. It's what we've been talking about over recent weeks is we think it's about a feeling you've got to have or a bunch of beliefs you get straight in your head. No, you know what? Lo love does. Love is an action. It's active. It's powerful. It risks. It reaches. It changes things. It, it does things. It's not primarily about things in your head or your heart. It, it, it's, it's a powerful force in the world and it happens through people. Action figures. That's what God made us to be. God made you an action figure, not a porcelain doll. And so this series that we're talking about is... It's called Love Does. It's based on the best-selling book by Bob Goff called Love Does. If you haven't read this book, you're going to love this book. It's, like, it's hilarious. It's the best book you read this year. Great stories, but the profound truth of God made really practical. And so we started on Easter um, talking about Love Does. And then we talked the week after that that sometimes Love Does just by showing up and being present and how important it is to have the ministry of presence. Last week, Nathan talked about how Love Does in a way that helps us embrace our failure. Um, next week, we'll talk about facing fear is what love does. 
um, when you're in the grip of fear. The week after that, the last week in the series, the last weekend of April, April 30th, May 1st, Bob Goff will be here at all of our campuses, all of our services. He's hilarious and very engaging and very funny and very profound message. You're not going to want to miss that. Invite someone. You'll be really, really glad you did. And today what we're going to do is circle back and talk about one thing. When, when, when love does, it expresses itself. It's faith expressing itself in audacious ways. It's auda- I want to talk about audacious love with you for a few minutes. Audacious. Everybody say audacious. Yeah, not bodacious, audacious. Audacious means um, kind of daring, bold, lavish, extravagant, audacious love. I love Galatians 5, verse 6, which says, you know, what's important is faith expressing itself in love. Your faith is meant to express itself, do something with love. That's audacious love. I want to help look at a passage of Scripture that will help us unpack this and think about audacious love, what it looks like, so you can be deciding if you're going to be an action figure or not and what it could look like in your life. Okay? So we're looking at Luke chapter 7 today. If you have your Bible, open it up. If you've got your Palm Pilot or your phone or whatever you've got, you know, some modern device, whatever you've got, uh, we're going to put the words on the screen as well uh, but you, so you can follow along. A little background here. The religious group in Jesus' day, the Jews, had, rele- had leaders among them named Pharisees. And the Pharisees were very intent on being perfect in their life and obedience to God, and they were pretty good at it. They loved to keep all of the laws and um, never sin. That was their idea. Simon is a Pharisee, a man named Simon, and he throws a dinner party, and he invites this new kind of a traveling rabbi named Jesus to come to his dinner party. Jesus is friends with everybody. He's friends with the lowlifers. He's friends with people up on the high end of the totem pole. And he says, sure. And so Jesus is at the dinner party when an uninvited and quite unwelcome guest shows up. You can picture now all these pastor types in their vestments and robes sitting around talking about how perfect they are. And, and then this happens. Verse 37. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume (laughs) so she walks in everybody knows who she is she's the town prostitute probably this hussy with a tight skirt and high heels and you know big earrings too big and too much lipstick and big hair or whatever here she comes like oh boy Here she comes. She comes trotting in there. And if the stories of Mark and John are about the same woman and same event, then the the perfume in the jar is probably um, about the equivalent of maybe a year's salary. In an alabaster jar, alabaster was a soft stone that they would hollow out and use as a container for this kind of thing. We found thousands of them in architectural digs since then. So here she comes. But she's not there to work the room. She's there on a different kind of mission as a kind of humble, broken, eager woman. Verse 38. Then she knelt behind him, Jesus, at his feet. So he's reclining at table. That's how they sat. He was reclining and his feet are up to the side. So that's how she can kneel at his feet behind him, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet 
and she wiped them off with her hair. And then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When I, when I kind of envision that moment, it feels kind of awkward to me. Does it feel awkward to you, this woman, this prostitute, coming into this room and now she's bawling and sobbing and people are staring and the tears and then, then she keeps kissing Jesus' feet and I'm sure it bothered everyone in the room, but Jesus doesn't seem to mind. And after I get past thinking, well, that's awkward, then you can begin to see, you know what it is? It's audacious love. It's bold and it's extravagant and it's lavish. I mean, it's, bold. It's, it's audacious love because on the one hand, she's like, she's like she doesn't care what anybody thinks. What's she going to do? You know, we're going to ruin her reputation? <laughs> and it's expensive. This is, this is lavish. Her earnings, if you will, which she might usually use that perfume to make her more alluring for the future. Now she's pouring it all out in sacrifice to this other man who's unlike any other man she's been with. She's humble, she's broken, and it's tender moment of audacious love. Why, do, why does this woman have that kind of audacious love for Jesus? The Bible tells us that she's a sinner. You know, come to find out, I guess, when you think about it, everyone in the room there was a sinner. It's just that she is the one who knows she is. And that's what brings audacious love to her. Because this woman, who has received all this money for selling her body, now feels worthless, like she's not worth a dime. She comes to this Jesus and she finds there the grace and forgiveness in Him that every one of us desperately wants. Now the Pharisee guys, they're like disgusted with this. They're like totally turned off. Like, oh my goodness. You know, they're just like thinking all these, how can this guy say he's from God? He, you know, this, you know, whatever. And so, and here's a little creepy out. Jesus actually knows what you're thinking. <laughs> he knows what they're thinking. And so he says, uh, may I say something? They're like, sure. And Jesus does what he often does. He tells a story. And he tells a story of a man who loaned money to two different people. To one guy, he loaned 500 pieces of silver. And to the other guy, 50 pieces of silver. The equivalent of about a year and a half worth of wages to one guy and a couple of months worth of wages to the other guy. A lot in either case, but different amounts. And then, Jesus says, in verse 42, neither one could repay the debt. They're both stuck. But the man who loaned the money does something amazing and audacious. The man kindly forgave both debts, canceling their debts. And so then Jesus says to Simon, who do you suppose loved him more after that? And Simon says, <laughs> Simon says, um, Simon says, well, I suppose the one who was forgiven the greater amount. And Jesus says, right. And Simon's like, oh good, I'd love to be right. Not realizing that there's a noose around his own neck now. Verse 43, Jesus says, that's right. Then he turned to the woman and he said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. Well, trust me, Simon already noticed the woman. But now Jesus is saying, I'm going to draw a comparison. A comparison between the two people in the story and woman and, G and Simon. 
But he's also going to draw a comparison between the woman and Simon. And he's also now going to draw a comparison between the woman and Simon and you and me. And he says, Simon, when I, when I showed up at your house here for this party, you didn't pay any attention to me at all. Like I was no big deal at all. You didn't wash my feet. That was a customary sign of hospitality in the day. You didn't do that. This woman, she hasn't stopped washing my feet with her tears since the moment I got here. Well, Simon, when I, when I came to your house, you didn't greet me at the door with a kiss and welcome me. That was the standard greeting of the day. Like today, you'd open the door, take their coat and say, come on in, shake their hand. You didn't do any of that, Simon. This woman, she's been kissing my feet nonstop. Simon, you, you, didn't, you didn't go to the kitchen and get the olive oil and say, oh, welcome and anoint me with oil like is customary when you have an honored guest. But this woman, she didn't use household oil. She, she's been anointing my feet with expensive perfume for all this time. You're criticizing this woman, but Simon, there's a big difference between the two of you and how I'm being treated here. Verse 47, he says, Simon, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. They already were forgiven. And that woman knew that. And as a result, she's so grateful at that audacious love that's been shown to her that Jesus says, she's shown me much love. But a person, Jesus says, who's forgiven little shows only a little love. And this is the key to understanding audacious love. This woman has forgiven much, so she loves much. She's been loved deeply, so she's loving deeply. She was a sinner. Jesus loved her anyway. She's immoral. Jesus says, I can forgive that. His love was audacious, and it now comes out of her in return. You see how that works? Show me someone who loves audaciously, and I'll show you someone who's been loved audaciously every time. And so for Simon, the same forgiveness and grace and uh, uh, you know, beautiful love of Jesus was available. He just didn't think he needed it. So no wonder he didn't love audaciously. Because he hadn't felt like he had received that kind of love. Friend, being set free to love audaciously, to, to actively put your faith in action, to go do stuff, happens when you first realize that you've been audaciously loved. You want to have God's love flow through you. First, it's got to happen to you. Uh, imagine with me, okay? Go, go with me on this. Let's put yourself in, in, the, in, in this guy's shoes, all right? You, you, are, you have a first free Saturday you've had in a long time, and you're so excited you're going to kind of run a couple errands, and one thing kind of leads to another. You, you're over at Home Depot, and you're just so excited looking at the new trimmers, and then there's all these people coming in for spring, and you're starting to meet an old friend from work, and you're talking, and you're like, oh, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run over and, and go, to, go to Dick's and start looking look at a few new reels and rods and some other stuff at Dick's you want to see, and that reminds you of some stuff you could do over at, at, uh, at Best Buy, and you're looking at the gizmos, and you're just having such a great time. Stop by the bookstore and grab a new book and a gift for a friend. All of a sudden, you realize... <gasps> Oh, no. I was supposed to pick up my, my wife. You completely forgot. I was supposed to pick her up two hours ago from her getting her hair done. I said, oh, no, we had the cars in the shop. Normally we're separate. And I just didn't think of it. It's like, oh, no, I was supposed to pick her up. Yeah, you completely forgot. And then you get that sick feeling in your gut because you remember that this was the night that her new boss from work is going to be coming over for dinner at your house in just a little while. Like, oh, I feel terrible. Gonna, maybe she called and you realize your phone's on 0%. It's dead. And say, oh, she's probably called. Oh, my goodness. I don't even want that. I'm never going to charge my phone and read those messages. Oh, my goodness. 
So in a panic, you get in your car and you zoom over to hairdressers. You get over there, you walk in, they're like clipping away. It's like, oh, no, yeah, she was here, but she's, uh, she's gone. I think she said something about walking home. And you're like, oh, no. You borrow their phone and you call home and your son answers. He's like, Dad, I don't know where you are, but you better just keep on going. <laughs> you're like, son, no, son, I need to talk to your mom. He says, I don't think that's a good idea right now, Dad. Dad, have you looked outside? You're like, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's raining pretty hard, Dad. And windy. Yeah. No, Dad, I'd say it's more like a mile and a half. Yeah, it probably seemed longer with the heels, you know. Yeah. What does she look like? Oh, kind of like, like Shelby the dog looks when she jumps in the river. Yeah. Dad, look. Goodbye. I love you. Good luck, Dad. Goodbye. Hangs up. I mean, you, you are such dead meat and you know it. So you're coming up with excuses. You've got to come up with something. You're driving home with this panic. You know, you're gripping the wheel like, oh, uh, honey, there were, there, were, there, were, there were terrorists in the mall. And, and, I, and I, I mean, no, no, no. There was, there was a lady and I, and I helped her across the street and then I needed to give her a ride to, to, to Annapolis. Or, you know, I was like, but you know that you can't, you're not going to use any of that. You're going to get there and you're going to say the only thing you can say, which is, I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. I forgot. I just forgot. So you pull into your driveway, and as you do, you see in your rearview mirror, here comes her boss driving down the street. You can tell him he's looking for the address. And that's when it hits you. You promised you would pick up your newspapers, your dirty socks, which you left there in the morning at breakfast table. You were going to cut the veggie tray and vacuum. So you get out and you head up to the front door. It's got that look like a horror film, like, go away. <laughs> but you can't go away. You've got to go there. You reach for the door, and before you can, it swings open from the inside, and there she is. Her hair is bedraggled. Her dress is askew. She's standing like this because one of her heels is broken. She's got a spoon in one hand and a knife in the other. Her eyes are on fire. Her lip is twitching. And she speaks. She says... You promised me 2.30. I walked two miles in these shoes. <laughs> and you say the only thing you can say. You work up the most pitiful, sorrowful, penitential look of pathetic sorrow you can. And you just say, honey, I am so sorry. I really am. I just forgot. I just forgot. Check that out. See how that's going. <laughs> and she says, and she says, all right, I forgive you. Give me a little kiss. Let's forget about it. She does? She says that? <laughs> go with me here. Uh, go with me here. <laughs> yes, she says that. She says, I forgive you. Give me a kiss. Let's forget about it. Now, I have a question for you. What kind of a kiss? Huh? You're going to give her like a little like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, there. Little peck on the cheek. That all right? That okay? That enough? You happy now? Is that what you do? 
No, it is not. You are going to grab that woman. You're going to, you don't care if her boss is watching. You're going to kiss every inch of her body. You're going to start her in pinky. You're going to kiss her arm. I love you. I love you. I love you. You're the best wife ever. How can I help? What can we do? You're the best woman in the world. I love you. Slobber marks all over her. Let me ask you a question. How much does that remind you of your relationship with Jesus? How much does that picture describe your worship of God? How much is that like how you feel in the presence of an amazing God who has loved you audaciously? Sometimes it's amazing, isn't it? We come in and you know, it's like, well, you know, sing a song. I guess it's worship. All right, a little peck on the cheek. There you happy, God? That enough? That okay? That all right? Someone asked me to give my, my precious time to serve the Lord's, the Lord's work. Okay, I'll do a little bit. Is that enough? Did, did I do okay? Is that enough? You happy now? Okay, if someone wants some of my precious money for the kingdom of God work, okay, here you, here's the box. Is that okay? Is that enough? You happy? Isn't it crazy? Because when you've been loved audaciously, you know, it just comes out you just love audaciously in return. First John 3 says that that's exactly what's happened to all of us. This is how we know what love is. Look at this. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. It's audacious action for us. And we ought to lay down our lives and actions. When someone loves you audaciously, the only appropriate response is to love audaciously in return. That's what the woman was doing. That's what Simon couldn't do because he didn't think anyone owed, you know, he owed anyone anything. If you want to... And it turns out if you want to love God back audaciously, the way you do it is you, you go do stuff for other people. You love in return. Romans 5 says it this way. When we were utterly helpless, when we were the ones standing at the door, misfits, screw-ups, powerless, Christ came to the utterly helpless at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for someone who's especially good. But God demonstrated, God did, because love does, His great love. He demonstrated His love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. He paid your debt, your sin in an audacious way. Imagine that. You've got to let that love come to you, friends, and then you'll be able to love audaciously. And we've been talking about the, the Erickson family and how much they're going through such a hassle in Uganda with these crazy kids are trying to adopt. And, and the story's not over yet. You know, they're, 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 but they've paid such a great price financially and they've been away from their kids so long and the hassles and the lawyers and the judges and the conflicts with the stuff. Everything's going wrong and their illness and all this stuff's happening. I can't wait for them to get those kids and get them here. And let those kids grow up a little bit and then I'm going to sit them down and everybody needs to just tell those kids that story. Do you have any idea what a pain in the butt you were? Do you have any idea how much your parents loved you to get you here? You have no idea. Boy, they must love you so much because I think it's going to make a difference to those kids when they hear how much they're loved and what a hassle it was to get them. And that's how God... He's trying to say that's what the whole message of the Bible is about you. you. You pain in the neck. Do you have any idea how much I love you and how much He paid to get you? Do you have any idea? 1 John 3 says, Consider the incredible love that the Father has shown us in allowing us, us, 
to be called children of God. Not just to be called a child of God, but that's what you are. You are officially adopted. And this God loves you so much. And the Bible says in Isaiah, He's engraved you on the palms of His hands. He loves you. He remembers you. He wants to take a look at you. Like He, like he, like, um, he just created a new profile picture with you and Him. Because that's what He thinks of you. Loves you so much. And that incredible love for you and to you is what can change us and help us realize, man, that's audacious. And then we're going to want to love with more than a little peck on the cheek. We're going to want to love by doing stuff for others in audacious ways. So my question for you is, do you know that you've been loved like that? Being set free to love audaciously happens when you first realize that you have been audaciously loved. Do you know you have been? And if you don't, today is your day to say, yes, I do. To say yes to Jesus. If you've never said, thank you, God. Friends, we are the immoral woman who have been forgiven by Jesus. We are the ones at Jesus' feet, grateful and alive. And if you've never acknowledged that, never become a Christ follower, man, do that today. You know, we're just right, as soon as we're done here, we'll have a little people over here just come and just say, I want to do that. Get baptized. We have a baptism splash coming up. Mark the moment. Jump in the tank and get yourself dunked for Jesus as a way of saying thank you. Do you know you're loved? Here's my other question for you. Are you ready to love audaciously? Are you ready to be an action figure? Get out from behind the stained glass case and go do stuff. Do stuff. Let me give you an example or two. An encouragement to you about some love that happens. My friend Amanda Hallemeyer, she's actually here today. Um, she's a 20-year-old girl here from Mountain. She, she had this habit of, like a lot of us do, kind of throwing change in a jar, you know, and collecting it up. And, uh, and then at the end of the year, she'd say, well, okay, well, how much do I have? What can I do with it? And so uh, the previous year, she said, well, she paid off an insurance bill, and it was just kind of fun to have all that money set aside. Well, she said, I, I knew I needed to do something different last Christmas. At the end of the year, I needed to do something different. Didn't know what it was. Well, we preached through a series, if you were here, remember, it was called Bold. And we talked about being bold in our faith and, and being audacious in the way we lived out our generosity. And, and just that series just answered her questions. She said, I knew immediately I needed to do something like that for God. And she loved kids and she loved Christmas and she hated when kids might face a Christmas where they didn't have anything special. And she says, I know Christmas is about more than all that, you know, about gifts, but I just... I hate it when kids aren't going to have a, a, a cool kind of Christmas. And so she knew what she was going to do. She deposited her money. She had 600 bucks. She deposited it in her account, and she went to Target and started stalking people, kind of checking out who, who might God direct her to to bless that day. And a woman came through, and, and she had a newborn under her arm and a cart full of toys that gave away that she had a bunch more kids she was trying to buy for. She let the cashier ring it all up, and then Amanda swooped in and said, just as the woman reached for her credit card, she says, excuse me, my name's Amanda, and I want to pay your bill. Of course, the woman... Her eyes got real big and she began to cry and told Amanda what a terrible day she'd had and how she didn't know she was going to pay for these toys. And just, uh, just God revealed to her that it was exactly the kind of um, person that uh, God had led Amanda to and they just had a huge hug and the woman couldn't stop thinking. It was so much fun. She did it again. She waited, kind of spotted somebody and there was a woman a few lanes down and she had all these baby toys and she waited in the right moment. Same thing. I'm Amanda. I want to pay your bill. Of course, same thing eyes got real big and she began to cry and 
Got a whole story from her. She's recently unemployed and wasn't sure how she was going to be. She's looking for a job. I hadn't found one yet and Christmas was going to be so different and just crazy how God lined up this person. Happened again and again and again and all days that's what she did. And has some great stories to tell from it. By the end of the day, seven different families had a completely different Christmas because of one 20-year-old girl. Seven different families. And she also walked out of there thinking she was going to spend 600 She spent about 1000 <laughs> She said it was so much fun. And the joy was all hers. And Amanda kept saying, you know, I, I didn't go into any of this wanting any attention on this. It's all about God. He's the one who deserves all the credit. You know, he's the one who, who allowed me to save up the money. He's the one who, who um, you know, put it on my heart uh, to do this. And he's the one who gave me the courage to do it. He deserves all the credit. I'm just, a, she says, I'm an average small town girl. If I can do this and make a huge difference, anybody can. Of course, one of the ladies took a picture and uh, put it on Facebook and it went viral. Hundreds of comments. People from all over the world start chiming in. Maybe you saw it. Here's a picture of Amanda in Target that day and it went all over and then Towson University got a hold of it and went in the newspaper and everyone else got a hold of it. She's all embarrassed by that. It's like, no, that's not the point. It's not the point. But you know what? It's really not that amazing. But to the world it is. Why? Because it's audacious love. It's what one person did. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Go do something. Love audaciously. You're an action figure for crying out loud. You're not a porcelain doll. Let me tell you another one. Jim Loman, a friend of ours from church here, he was riding his motorcycle. was in an accident a while back. Beautiful sunny afternoon. Went down, broke his leg, his knee, damaged his ribs and his shoulder. A lot of tough time, nasty surgery, seven and a half hour surgery. Good news is they saved his, uh, his uh, leg and put his knee back together. Here's a picture of Jim post-surgery. A lot of you recognize him. He serves in a lot of places around here. So he's been in doing some rehab. And guys, there's some amazing stories about the church been coming around and supporting and loving on him and taking care of him while he's getting better and all that. And all of a sudden figured out, you know, he's going to come home in a couple weeks. And how's he going to get into his house? Because he's going to be in a wheelchair. Didn't take any time for a bunch of guys to figure that out at Mountain. A bunch of guys who've been audaciously loved by God. And they just started texting and talking. These crazy mountain riders, this crazy group of bikers at Mountain, they just decided to love on him. And yesterday, a bunch of people got supplies. All those came together. Bam. Yesterday, here's the ramp they put on Jim's house. Bam. It went up in one day, just like that. No big deal. They just hammered, sawed, you know, and then... Jim's going to ride up the ramp. What are you going to do? You're not a porcelain doll. Made for sitting behind glass. What are you going to do? Audacious love. One of the things I love about Mountain is uh, every week when we give to the offerings, those monies go into audacious love things that we do. But sometimes we take these special offerings that we're just going to give to uh, give away to people. And we did that at Easter. And a lot of you are really generous with that. Uh, we targeted things that we just know are in the heart of God's concern. Places like blessings in a backpack that puts food and kids backpacks locally here uh, for the weekend. Um, Habitat for Humanity, and you know the great work they do for housing and uh, world relief with some of the stuff that needs to happen for Syrian refugees. Just we gave every dime of it away. It was so much fun. And one of the things that we did is that we, we targeted Welcome One Emergency Shelter which is um, just the only full-service emergency homeless shelter in our county and doing so much. And we thought it would be fun today as we celebrate Audacious Love to present that check to our own Liz Tutino, who's a member of Mountain and the president of their board, just as a way of celebrating what God's done in this. So will you welcome Liz Tutino? Come on out, Liz.
Liz, thank you so much for what FCCAU homeless, Welcome One does for homeless in this community because it's near to the heart of God, it's near to the heart of us, and it's just our great joy today in a very humble way to say here's a small part we're going to do to help you do what you do. Here's a check from Mountain People to you for $20,000 to put to for homeless in Harper County. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. This is just really awesome, um, and I am I'm proud to be a member of this church, and I am proud that this is a church that goes out of the building and serves people. I thank you for um, people who have come on Serve Fest and painted our walls so the, the residents could have a bright, clean place to live, for the people who come out the 23rd and 24th of the month to cook dinner and make lunches for our residents, and for this great donation um, that will help our Adopt-A-Bed program so that we can help um, the people that come through our doors. We have 20... 33 beds, 27 beds for men and six beds for women. Last year we served 140 individuals and 63% of those got back into community housing. So with a donation like this, you're offering hope to someone to start again. And I just want to give you an example of a person that recently came through our doors. It was the second time he was homeless, but he was really committed this time to um, making a change in his life. He went on a job interview for an HVAC company. The company called the shelter to get a reference to find out about him, and they loved him, they hired him. He started working, and now he's going to school so he can become fully licensed. While he was at the shelter, he was able to um, save money so he could get a, have a security deposit and pay, B and G, pay BG&E so that they could start electricity. And now he is in the community thriving. And that's because of people like you who show your love of God to others who need some help. So thank you very much. Thank you, Liz. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Man, thank you to them. Thank you to you. Thank you to God. What are you going to do? Huh? Go do something. Go do something. Fly somewhere. Go do something. Let me pray for you. God, I pray for these people who you have loved audaciously. We are that, that sinful woman, and yet you have forgiven and loved us and offered so much to us. God, help us to receive that. Lord, uh, whether it's a serve fest this next weekend or something around our home that would just be thoughtful. God, maybe someone in here is going to show up with a box of donuts to the DMV just to see what happens. I don't know, God, but show us something. Help us to love like you love in audacious ways. In the name of Jesus, our action figure hero, we pray. Amen.